Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Strictly Hip Hop. As always, I'm your host, Chris Platty, and returning to the podcast, you know him as my good friend uh, from Atlanta, who I recently connected with and did a lot of dope work, so shout out to the whole On Deck family for their 300th episode live. That was a really awesome experience. Spike Lou, how you doing, man? Pretty good. I can't complain. How about yourself, Chris? We appreciate having you come down. Man, I appreciated I appreciated you guys having me. I appreciated uh, you especially. You know, you know all the all the times we hung out, getting dinner and all mm-hmm. that, and and of course, you know, being in the Dead End Studio with with, with everybody and linking up for a major podcast was really fun as well. So I just really enjoyed the experience, man. And now I see why all these rappers love Atlanta. <laughs> I definitely enjoyed you guys, man. Shout out to Ken and the Dead End guys over there too. I enjoyed doing the podcast. Knocked out about what five podcasts in four days for us. So it was fun. I enjoyed doing this and I enjoyed doing that. So it it, it was definitely a an experience that I'll appreciate for a long time. Well that goes a hundred percent mutual both ways. Let's get into it. The big album. Dreamville's Revenge of the Dreamers 3, so a little mm. bit of background information on this album. Um, it sold 112,000 units in its first week, giving it the number one spot. According to Hip Hop Numbers, with 65 credited artists, that is the largest guest list for a number one hip hop album, even you know, even beating out albums like DJ Khaled, and, you know, which is me- crazy considering how massive and expansive his album credits are. So, I mean, you know, you got vocal credits from J. Cole, J.I.D., Boz, Ari Lennox, Kaz, Omen, Lou, Earth Gang, all of the whole, the whole just Dreamville cast. And then you got some outsiders who came on here like T.I., Ty Dallas Sign, Vince Staples, Smino, Buddy, Guap Dev, 4000, uh, Ski Mask, you know, I, I mean, a ton of names. Kendrick Lamar even popped up, Dante Hitchcock, Max O'Cream. Uh, there's, there's just so many people to name, so I'm not going to name them all. But, uh, but the production credit was just as stacked with, with Cal Banks, T minus, uh, Chase the Money, Childish Major, Elite. Man, it was just this was a massive, massive uh, event for hip hop. So it, let's go all the way back to January when when the when the studio sessions actually took place for ten days. There was the flyers coming out. All sorts of people were pulling up, and we were hearing that there was other people that even didn't post about the flyer that were showing up. 
and that was kind of kept on the hush and then now there's the documentary with it and the massive rollout so i have two questions for you uh one do you think the massive rollout uh worked for you and two like how excited were you what were your initial expectations for this album well i'll start with the latter question uh, my expectations were medium uh, not do anything to the rollout though basically because the first two revenge of the dreamers they came and they went for me you know it was like oh j cool j cole has guys that he's putting out from his label on an album it really wasn't a big deal as far as the projects it wasn't like the self-made from mmgs or anything that tde would put out collectively i don't think that dreamville had that appeal and to go into the promotion aspect of it i think that j cole did a great job of building up the, the roster and creating that appeal for this album. It always ties all in together for Cole for me. Um, this is the same vein as KOD, the same vein that he's been in since 2014, Forest Hills Drive. It all seems to line up as far as the story that he's trying to tell, as far as the people that he surrounds himself with. So as you start to see the invitations come out and start to see his camp working, I did start to think okay i wonder what this is going to sound like i wonder how he's going to put all of this together um even with seeing him with ross and, and and the different bigger names that you usually don't hear cole work with or usually don't hear the people on his label have an opportunity to work with i do think that uh he did a great job in marketing and promoting it uh as far as the rollout the, the documentary capped it off two days before coming out it was great gave us some experiences as to the hundred plus songs they recorded the different vibes in the different rooms we got to see some more personality from dreamville outside of what you usually just hear on records so i think he did a great job as far as the rollout and the promo and my expectation was about medium for it because of the great job that he did not because of the history of the dreamville or revenge of the dreamers projects what about you? <clears throat> yeah, I'll be totally honest with you. You know, I, I har hardly remember anything about the first two Revenge of the Dreamers. Yeah, you they know? came and went. <laughs> yeah, they came and went, exactly. And, you know, they don't really have a lot of records that I return to. So, you know, over the last year, I feel like I feel like Dreamville has really built up with Ari Lennox starting to bubble, um, J.I.D. really starting to take that next step. Boz is even an artist who I didn't really care too much for Too High to Riot. And then, then he dropped his last album, Milky Way, which I which I enjoyed uh, pretty well. And so Earth, Earth Gang's been popping up here and there. I still don't have like a full briefing on them. But it just seems like in the last year, they've kind of built themselves uh, up. And each of these artists have kind of, ha have, have kind of taken a step forward. And as a whole, they've put themselves in the echelon, you know, in the echelon of like a great independent label of of a crew now again you're never going to hear me say that they're tde i still think there's there's quite a distance between these two camps but they've at least made that sort of uh they've at least been able to make that a a, a somewhat realistic comparison i guess i could say and so so i was very excited you know as, a realistic comparison for dreamville and tde yeah, just in the sense that mm, I don't know about that. I mean, you look. I don't think it's even close between the between the two labels. I personally don't. I'm just saying that I think it's. I I think it was Dreamville and TDE were were two different labels that were uh, obviously tied together by Cole and Kendrick for years, and that was their only tie, and that's still their biggest and strongest tie. 
but uh, but even a couple years ago, you know, you had the people who loved Dreamville that were saying, oh, man, Dreamville, TDE. And everybody's like, man, get the hell out of here. But now there's at least a little there's at least a little bit more pause. Right, Spike? Nah. The, and the reason that I that I jumped on that part of, of what you say is is because of probably my critique from the album and what I would take away is there's a lot of things that they did right. But one of the few things that I think just didn't hit for me. YTD is a better label is their their stars shine brighter. Yeah. And when I speak of that, I mean SZA, I mean Schoolboy, even um, even uh, J-Rock this year being nominated for a Grammy with his album. And then we all know Kendrick is like the sun to the rap game as far as stars shining yeah. bright. Um, I don't think that Dreamville has that star power other than Cole. I love Ari. Her album is great. I think that she's going to go on and she's going to be – comparable to SZA she'll have a year like that coming up I think especially off of this album but then I think it stops there a lot of people are crediting JID with being the next thing up and and I I hear it in the bars I hear it in the bars for Boz Earth Gang all of those guys can rap and lyrically maybe I'll put them on the same level as TDE but as far as just the personalities the rest of the stuff that goes with it I haven't seen it yet from Dreamville Oh, and, I, I I know that, Spike. I'm not I I'm not arguing from my perspective. I'm arguing from a general public. perspective. Gotcha. Okay. You know? Just as far as putting them in as labels and groups and and yes. things being together. They, they've Understood. established themselves as a top tier, I guess, label group, right? Like, would you say that this album did it, or would you say coming into this album did it? I would say coming into this album because mm. I think they just had a recent string of, of, of work and you know, also what's really helped is J. Cole just being hyperactive too. Right. That's really instead of being, you know, the J. Cole from two thousand fourteen to two thousand sixteen who had only like three features. You know, now he's True. hopping on everything. So that that in essence is kind of carrying the Dreamville flag. Then J. I. D. and Boz and Ari Lennox all back to back to back receiving uh receiving highly favorable reviews on their albums uh at least from a critical perspective so i i, I think it was kind of the string of events that that led dreamville to bringing this within the last year and this album is kind of a culmination of that so i was very excited to spike just because of the fact that these albums really really enticed me it's the same reason i'll always 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 be excited for a dj Khaled album and i mm. know the criticisms of a dj Khaled album but to me you know, I love the whole mixing and matching of artists. Same same way I love with NBA free agency. We know how crazy that was. I love to see Harden and Westbrook play for a year. Let's see what that looks like. Let's see what LeBron and AD look like. Let's see what those things. I, I have that same kind of mindset when it comes to music. Let's see what JID and TI look like. Let's see what J. Cole and, you know, I don't I don't know, Buddy look like. You know, let's, let's kind of just mix and match, kind of play around and, and, and here's some new stuff that I mm. think is interesting. So I'm always going to look forward to these kind of albums. So that's why I was super excited. I agree. I look forward to them. But it, I was kind of, not by the quality of the album, but I was kind of let down as far as the, when I seen Ross and, and Cole in the studio together, you know, I was expecting a Ross and Cole song. Or I was expecting, I say, more big names. T.I. was great. Dreezy was great. Uh, Buddy was great. My God, I spoke up before Dante Hitchcock. The, the people that they had on there were great. But I was looking for more of the collaborations, like you said, the star hookups, like the Westbrook mm -hmm. and Harden. 
to give an example from NBA free agency, like you said, I wanted to see Cole mix it up with Crit, and I, I just wanted to see more big names mixed up with Boz, mixed up with JID, and having his artists kind of stepping up to the plate with someone bigger than themselves. They did a good job of keeping it Dreamville in, in the way that they did do it. Uh, but if I were to ask for anything more as a fan, it would have been the big names, like just, just seeing some big names on there with some of J. Cole's artists and giving them an opportunity to chart, giving them an opportunity to, to get some more eyes on them. Okay, okay. Now, hold that thought, because that's actually going to tie in perfectly once we talk about the records. So let's talk okay. about the records first, and then we'll circle back to that. So I'll actually, I'll actually let you kick it off with uh, one of your records. What's a record on here that stands out to you? Uh, I liked Costa Rica. Costa Rica really stood out to me. I love that hook. Um, yeah. For a second there, I thought Guap Dad 4000 was uh, was uh, Sway Lee. And he yeah. even mentioned that. He even mentioned it in the song somewhere in one of the bars. Uh, J- that was J.I.D., yeah. Oh, that was J.I.D. saying is that Sway Lee or something. Yeah. One of the bars that he said. I love that it's song, funny, man. He kind of looks like Sway Lee. He does. And I think that's what he meant. And yeah. I love the song. It's fun. It's summery, especially for this time of year. It was a dope song that you can drop. Um, I, 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 I can't speak any more highly. I think that's my favorite song on there. I think Wap Dad did a great job on the hook. J.I.T. comes with bars as usual. Um, I really like how they, I said they, like I said, they mixed it up. I would have loved to seen a bigger name on here. I would have loved to maybe seen... Uh, maybe has Sway Lee on here to kind of lace it up even more mm-hmm. or something of that nature. But um, I, I, I love Costa Rica. Just one of those feel-good summer records that you can't that you can't miss on at this time of year. Yeah, I, I agree. This is a perfect summer record. And I love just the way the song flows with people jumping in and out. Like It's kind of like, oh, this artist gets four bars, this artist gets eight bars. Like You just really don't know when the switches are coming. And then, the, and then oh, here's the hook. We're go- coming back to the hook. And so right. it's just it's a really fun record with a exactly. ton of artists on it. And I think one of the things that the documentary helps and, and, and this song is an example of that is the Costa Rica where, you know, where they have the whole, you know, at, at the end where they repeat the line about the AK, you know, hey, don't get an AK. And everybody's like screaming that it's really fun because uh, it really kind of captures the fun on record because you're hearing you know, you're hearing what sounds like a bunch of people listening to that record in the studio, right, and just screaming to it. Yeah, exactly. And and you can tell that they had different vibes for different songs, and this came out of that clearly fun summer vibe song, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you could tell 100% that, like you said, the documentary helped with understanding how the stuff was placed because there were so many people on the album. So I do agree with that. All right, so Wells Fargo is a track that I really like, not for the music, but because it perfectly captures the energy of the studio sessions that we were just talking about, and that kind of is the theme of the album to me, right? It's a bunch of it's a bunch of young guys getting together, uh, creating some music, having fun, enjoying it, and this is like a sentiment that's kind of echoed when I talk to a lot of artists. So I, I would kind of, you know, text some artists that I know and say and say, you know, what did you think of the Dreamville documentary? And almost all of them hit me back with the exact same response. Man, this is a dream. This is this is every artist's dream. This is exactly what I would I would love to just be locked in a studio for ten days with a bunch of people coming in and out, hopping around, making beats, chilling, talking, networking, all that stuff. 
and so I I think that I think that J Cole and and just Dreamville in general did a really good job of kind of bringing that that feeling of this and realizing that that's the special thing about this album. It's not necessarily you know the songs. It's about the it's about the event that it was and bringing it to here. So Wells Fargo is a track that perfectly exemplifies that. While it's far from the best song on there, it's a it's a fun song and it really just kind of in, in captures the theme of the album. I agree. And you, what you spoke of, as far as with the artist saying that this is their dream scenario, J. Cole does the best job, in my opinion, in the industry of relating to fans, relating to artists, relating to the people that are listening to his music. By the stories he tells, the promotion that he does, going back to 2014, even the Dollar and a Dream tour, you know, just the following that he's created and now it's spread throughout the Dreamville artist and we see the documentaries and just the content that he puts out and how it all lines up, I think speaks to what you said as far as artists are probably dreaming now of being on Dreamville just from seeing how the session goes. So it's a great marketing tool as far as wanting us to listen to the music, but also now J. Cole has an advantage with up and coming artists, in my opinion, because they want to make a song like Wells Fargo. They want to be on a documentary and be in a situation like the Dreamville Sessions. Like They, they now aspire to dream to that, uh, to be a cliche here. <laughs> but they aspire to dream to that, I think, now. And, and he embodied it on this whole record. How did we not get world. one Dreamville bar? How do we not get one, oh, I'm dreaming and now, and now Dreamville's <laughs> a dream? How do we not get that bar? Yeah, I got I think everybody that was low hanging fruit, yeah. and all these guys are like assassins. That's like push the T and L chopper, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah all these assassins. Yeah, that, That's that easy for us to do it. I love yeah. it. But uh, what's another record off this off this album that you want to get into? I mentioned my guy earlier, so I'm gonna bring it up because I don't think he gets enough shine. But I think this may have launched him off. PTSD, Dreamville, Omen, Mebra, my guy Dante Hitchcock. Man, that's oh my god i think it may have been the best and this is saying a lot it's top three verses on the whole album I agree. to me and i just every time that dante gets in his bag he gets in his bag I feel like he had something to prove on his album he wants this to be a springboard and i think it was i i, I love the song i love the content of ptsd and what it addresses uh and i think dante kind of wrapped it up perfectly with his bars um Hearing him rap next to Cole was refreshing. Wish we had a guy him on maybe one more song. That's just me being a Dante Hitchcock fan. But I, I just, I, I love this song. I love the Dante verse. And it, it really stuck out to me because I've been waiting to hear him rap with people who were uh, on this level. Usually he does solo stuff. So I, I love to hear him in a group setting and how his verse stood out amongst the other people on the album. So PTSD was one of those songs for me. Oh man, it's a song that stands out every time. So Dante, like the spotlight is totally on him when he's rapping. It feels yep. like, and he absolutely delivers. Like I said, I I think that's also one of the best verses on this album. I'll totally agree with you on that. Uh, the hook is amazing. I love the drums with the soulful sound. Man, this is probably my favorite beat on the album too. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. That's one of my one of my favorite beats on the album. And so to just again then to tie in the whole PTSD concept, like even the hook is very it is is talking about P PTSD and you know the verses, everything about it is just it's really it's really honestly just a, an absolutely great song, and I love it because it feels like it's just a shining light on Dante every time, 
and he really he really delivered like i said i mean i'll even go a step further and say this is probably one of my favorite verses i've heard this year mm. i i wouldn't i would not argue with you at all about that yeah so ptsd is a record i thoroughly enjoy i can say i can say that's probably like a top two or three most listened to record on this album for me so it's one that i definitely go back to a lot and it's one that i enjoy um, another one that I want to get into, and I want to get into this specifically because of you. So I have not listened to your on deck review of this yeah. because I didn't want to. I didn't want to taint myself. You know my policy. I don't <laughs> listen to any reviews until I review something myself. Mm-hmm. So this is this is when I saw the track list of J, uh, JID and TI on one song. Mm. Two thoughts immediately came to my mind. It was like Cole was like, "All right, let's make a collaboration that only Chris Platty is looking for." Did two, uh, I know where Spike, Spike, you, you and I had a little JID conversation. So yeah. to see to see JID and TI together on one record, and you you know how much or I know how much you love TI. You know how much I love TI. We talked about that on our album podcast when we did the massive bracket. We had uh we had, we had that album going all the way. So yeah. we had trap music going almost all the way. So big TI fans. Uh, I just have to get your thoughts on this record, man. Man, it was too short, to be honest. Two minutes and 48 seconds didn't do enough for me. And I think it was like a true value version of Girls, Girls, Girls. I, I think it fell short of almost being an, uh, paying homage to it. And I just wish that they had tackled another subject. Like, T.I. is still a hell of a rapper, J.I.D., definitely assassin as far as and, and lyricists i just i wanted it to be more and i think it's because of the expectations that i have of ti still to this day and what i know jid can do to this day so i was let down by the song to be honest i said it on a review on the on deck tv podcast it's a cool little song but if i'm going to get ti and in my opinion because kendrick's not listed here the biggest feature on the album from a legacy standpoint is T.I. You have the baby on here. 100%. Yeah, you have the baby on here who's kind of popping right now. But other than that, the biggest name on here is T.I. You give me a two-minute and 48-second song called Ladies, Ladies, Ladies. That just, to me, is being lazy. J. Cole's better than that. The AR, um, A&R is better than that. I just, I don't know if there was trouble getting... More bars out of TI for it to be more expansive. But one of the things that I love about this album and I hate about this song and the feature is J. Cole, the rollout, all of it did a great job of introducing me, bringing me into the Dreamville world. Revenge of the Dreamers, the title, all of it is saying, hey, peep what we do over here. Dreezy's feature, the baby's feature, Guap Dad's feature, Buddy, everything lined up, even Ty Dolla Sign, all of it lined up. R. Linux as an R&B artist, all of it lines up to this is Dreamville, this is our vibe, even with Vince on there being wild and crazy on the Rembrandt track. It all lined up as a vibe of what Dreamville does. If that's the playbook for the album, I just wish I had gotten more out of T.I. T.I. is a, a resource that could have been tapped into and and 
gotten more out of on the vein of what J. Cole's message, the dollar and the dream that I spoke about of him really being able to tap in his fans and give them what they want to give us a girls, girls, girls song. I feel like was just kind of lazy. I wanted maybe J. Cole on this song on the hook, giving us the harmonizing that Cole usually does and really tapping into what T.I. brings to the table as an OG in the game. You know, like T.I. can speak to having a dollar and a dream and reaching this point of his career, of all the things that he's been through, the different jail stints, being the king of the South, the beef, all the eras. And I don't want him to give a dissertation or rap about his whole life on the bars. Don't get me wrong there. But I just think with everything that T.I. has to offer and with the bars that J.D. has, J.I.D. has to offer to give us a ladies, ladies, ladies song, a Dreamville album in the Dreamville world and start provoking is I feel like all of these artists are from J. Cole to Earth Gang. I just feel like it was a lazy kind of like, okay, we got these eight bars from T.I.G. Do you like this song? Okay, cool. We'll throw this on here to say we have T.I. That's the only one that I feel like they did that for and I was disappointed. Severely, as you can tell from my explanation. <laughs> Man, I was hoping that this was a record that won you over on J.I.D. Not that you're totally against him. I know you're not, but no. I just want you to be on, on my stand-up side of J.I.D. <laughs> you and him extra kind of ruining it. Well, not you as much as my co-host. It's the oh. J.I.D. stand. So. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out M. Extra. But yeah. let, me, let me push back on two parts here. Because I think okay. I think this is uh, this is very interesting. This kind of ties into the conversation that I wanted to have earlier, and that is uh, and that is the whole like big features. You know, you talk about the star power. You talk about Ti being on this album, Vince being on this album, Ty Dolla Sign being on this album. And I get where you're coming from about the Ti kind of feeling a little bit out of place to me, uh, or, or to you. I say I should say on this record to me it it works, but. I would argue that given what we talked about with Wells Fargo, with Costa Rica, and how this session, maybe this isn't how the sessions start, uh, were, were originally planned out or thought out by J. Cole, but doesn't it seem like this album is like Dreamville and the next wave of artists? Because it feels like, you know, with the Guap Dads and, and all of that in, in this, in this uh, and Buddy as well, on, on, these, on all these records, it feels like, it feels like what the what the sessions turned out to be was here's Dreamville, here's what we can do, and then here's some more of that young energy, here's that kind of like that next upcoming wave of, of of music that that we're that exists right now, but is but we're taking it to a higher uh, to a higher audience. Mm. So, so Ti and Vince and uh, and Ty don't obviously don't fit that mark because they're you know they're established, they're the OGs, they're the veterans. Yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying as far as that. But my pushback in there would be, have we seen it yet? Like, I I need, if they're going to be the wave of new guys and they're going to be the wave of new artists, then I need the post-rollout, I would say, to match the pre-rollout. And here was one, another one of my gripes that I had for the On The TV podcast listeners that may be hearing this for the second time is, I need to see if Guap Dad 4000 and the JID and Dreamville and the guys that are featured on this album are the next up. It's time for them to start 
doing the promo, letting us see their personalities, Breakfast Club interviews, Ebro in the morning interviews, doing podcasts with guys like us, getting to know these guys outside of them being on the Dreamville label or outside of them being featured on the Dreamville Revenge of the Dreamers 3. This is a number one album in the country. And at this point in time, and I haven't checked today, but I may be speaking just because I haven't checked, but I haven't seen the Breakfast Club interview yet. I haven't seen the Ebro in the morning yet. The post-promotion for this album is very important, in my opinion, and it's not being done. And I think that that kind of goes to what you're saying as far as this being a launching pad and an introduction to the next guys. That's good for us, you and me, who really sit down and we're going to listen to music and we're going to maybe go back and listen to some J.I.D. or go back and try to find more Boz or Guap Dad or Young Nudie or even Vince, who we're familiar with, but some people may not be in there. Like I say, that they're like us. They're going to go check out their music. But to reach the masses, to have the rest of the people kind of say yeah these guys are next and these are the guys that are going to start following on instagram and these are the guys that are going to get the looks when they're courtside at the la game and these are the people that are next wave of influence in this culture they got to get out there man like i need to see another i need to see jid on breakfast club if not alone then a whole dreamville with they're filling up the studio and Angela Yee can't even be in there because there's not enough room like i need to see that i need their presence to be felt Outside of this album, you have the number one album in the country. The music is there. The promotion is there. The hype is there. Now people have to start solidifying their lanes. People have to start saying, if I'm the J.I.D. and I'm the big star, I'm the Kendrick Lamar of this label and the next wave, and I need to get out there and start letting people know that. If I'm Ari Lennox and I'm the big R&B lady and I'm the next one, I need to start getting out there and letting people know that. And while Cole does not do that because he doesn't have to. He's an established guy, and that may be kind of the thought process over at Dreamville that we all can take this role that Cole does with the lack of promotion. I don't think it'll work for everyone. I need to see these guys' personality. I need to see them kind of grow into and live up to the expectations of this being the launching pad for their careers, and I just have not seen that. This is why you're on the podcast, man, because that is an excellent, excellent point. I 100% agree with you. You know, I never really thought about it from that perspective of the post rollout. Yeah. Um, you know, because that's kind of an underrated thing when it comes yeah. to an album, right? Like, And, you know, a, I, and, and I'm sorry not to cut you off, but just to cap the point, you can get comfortable in seeing what Cole does or the big name artists have kind of made it cool not to do any press at all. Migos, uh, Future, anybody that you can name, kind of stray away from press now, especially, well, in the lead-up and the post, but especially in the lead-up now because they don't want their words configured. They're like, oh, we'll let the music speak for itself. I just don't think that these guys have the luxury of doing so. So I, I hope they don't try to follow that trend and just stay quiet and say, we're going to let the music speak because there's a lot more for them to gain by us getting to know them right now. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's the same thing with Wale, right? Like, Wale yeah. can't be silent. Exactly. Exactly. Like, he just dropped a phenomenal song with Jeremiah. Song's great, but, I mean, is it another swing and a miss for Wale? Like, we, we know Wale can make great songs. We know that. What I think everybody's waiting to see 
and to get off on a Wale tangent because I think he's super <laughs> talented, but I just don't think he handled his career right. But everybody's waiting to see how you conduct yourself when the music is great. We have not seen Wale put two and two together. He's had great music, and then he's had great media runs, but he's never had the great media run and the music together where he wins people over. Instead of winning people over, Wale spends his time for his album rollout pre and post beefing with people and being divisive, giving you reasons not to like him as opposed to giving you reasons to go check out his music. And that's why I think he's stuck in neutral compared to the rest of the guys that are in his class. Okay. I mean, that's very that's very interesting on, on Wale because, you know, we we actually talked about that on the podcast um, mm-hmm. a little bit that we did that we recorded in Atlanta. But let me just wrap up, ladies, with kind of making my case for why I like this song and then we'll, and then we'll jump into your next track. Okay. Um, and so what to me I like is J.I.D., of course, comes on this with that soft-spoken voice that he does so often on records, um, like, the, like the famous one he has broke on Ari Lennox's album. Uh, you know, he comes through with this soft-spoken voice, kind of these playful haikus about, uh, or haikus, I should say, about about multiple encounters with multiple women. You know, like he had he had a lot, uh, he had a little set of bars here where he's like, had a girl who was an artist, she could draw her name Tracy. She always out of line, making <laughs> Mona Lisa faces. We argue all the time, but fuck like crazy. She says her favorite thing is face painting. Now that to me is why I like JID and the fact that. And the fact that not only does it flow together smooth, but it, it's something that it's something that is clever, but you don't have to keep digging deep. You don't have to know what um, what 18th century part what 18th century Parliament government regi- uh, regulation they're talking about. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. They're not talking about some policy from the 1800s. You know, it's something right. simple. That's oh, you know, she, she's an artist. She could draw her name's Tracy. Oh, Tracy, Trace. Okay, got that. She's always out of line, making Mona Lisa face. Okay, okay, that's more art bars. So, like that to me is why I like it. It's fun. It's playful. I love the beat as well. The little, the little looped vocals in the background, and then Ti just comes in. Man, you don't know nothing he about no bitches. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he comes in and he delivers a he delivers a fun verse, and then he has those little, uh, you know, just his little spoken word at the end about karma was just great. So, to me, I really, really enjoy this record. Yeah, it's an enjoyable record. I just wanted so much more. I was wanting so much more from it. But I, t- I, I can enjoy it. It doesn't take away from the enjoyment factor for me. Okay, fair, fair enough. I'll take that. <laughs> I'll take that moral victory. Uh, what's, the, what's the last record on here you want to talk about? Uh, this is going to be an easy one. Probably a lot of people's most, um, one of their favorite or most talked about verses is the Sacrifices song. At the very end, Earth Gang, great job leading it in. And J. Cole absolutely 100% positively smoked it. (laughs) It's a great verse by J. Cole to end the album. Um, I don't know what much more to say about it other than that. Like, this is what you signed. This is why J. Cole is J. Cole. Uh, These last two years, he did this repeatedly on several different feature tracks, even on his own stuff with KOD and 
to hear him wrap up the album, go over sacrifices, tie it up, wrap it up in a bowl for you, makes you want to just start the album over again. And I think that's what a last verse on an album should be. Something that makes you want to revisit and say, hey, maybe I missed something because this is phenomenal and I can't wait to get back to this point once I listen to the album again. Not just starting the song over, starting the whole, the whole project over I feel like that's what he wanted you to do when he was successful in his aim in doing so. That, And I'm speaking mostly, like I said, of J. Cole's verse, but the song in general, Sacrifices, I loved it. I love what everybody did, brought to the table on there. Uh, Earth Gang is really being able to show their range, not just being guys that have bars, but being creative guys. And I think J. Cole, they compliment uh, him well, and I think they compliment Dreamville well, and... Um, I'm excited to see what they do on their upcoming album uh, as far as um, just new music from them. Uh, but that Sacrifice a Song in the J. Cole verse is probably my favorite part of the whole project. Yeah, I, I echo a lot of the sentiments. I actually didn't care for that uh, Swivel song that, that Earth Gang had on the beginning. No, That's I didn't like it either. A track, uh, from their album. Yeah, yeah, that from their album. So this was kind of a, a, re a redemption of some sorts. I, I really liked their part on this, and then Cole just absolutely bodying it. And this is what I've enjoyed about Cole these last couple of years, which you just talked about. You know, it's the, it's he's just he's coming with more cadences, more styles, more sounds, more, more just he's just a much more complete and versatile artist. You know, and and so it's funny. Like I don't know if you've ever heard, but uh, one of the guys I really like, Justin Hutt. Shout out to Justin Hutt. He's he's talked about you know the idea that. Uh, that J. Cole, you know, around 2014, around 2016, when he had when he had Four Your Eyes Only and 2014 Force Hills Drive, he was he, there was an, there was a conversation would J. Cole even be a big superstar in the 90s because he was very just boom bap. I rap very well, but you know what? Not like, but in, if I was stuck in the 90s with all of the other great rappers, would I really stand hmm. out? And that was kind of a point he had about J. Cole. And this is that evolution that Justin Hutt talked about that J. Cole needed to take. And I totally agree with him because now he's a much more complete artist. He is an artist that shows that, you know what, today, like, you know, I put me in any era. I'm going to be J. Cole. I'm going to be a star. Like, this, these last couple of years have really proved that to me and his ability to kind of transform himself with the times and still, and still be J. Cole and still rap very well and still... Uh, deliver great verses like this cadence is something I don't, I don't think we've ever heard J. Cole in this cadence before right like doing the whole you know and, and on this kind of instrumental Spike you there can Spike? you hear me can you hear me yeah I can yeah. now I said I don't remember hearing Cole in this cadence at all uh, I think it's why it stood out so much yeah I, I think I think that J. Cole on this record absolutely killed it. He smoked it. This is a great way to cap off the album. And like you said, it, it really just makes you want to re-listen because that first intro track is also really good in my opinion. So it's like it's just like to have a great start and a great close to this Dreamville album with it being J. Cole both times is, is a great way to really uh, kind of end what is... What is not really a cohesive album in the sense that in the sense that you know you have all these artists and, and everything, but 
it, it it's cohesive enough, you know, because these these type of albums aren't meant to be cohesive, right? Right, exactly. They're not like the Canada albums. That's usually the problem that you have when you have so many guys on the album listed together is the cohesiveness. But I, I, I would argue that it is, though. It sounds like every song on here sounds like a Dreamville song. Yeah, uh, I do. Go ahead. A lot of the, a lot of the beats do sound very in the same vein too. I, I just mean, I just mean from a perspective of just you know when you have all these different artists. Even if you have a lot of similar beats, you know these are these projects aren't going to sound totally, totally cohesive. So I think they did a good job. I just was speaking from the traditional sense of these type of albums. Gotcha. Yeah, I agree. Okay, can I bring up one issue I have with this album? Yeah. And uh, that that's with this last track I have, "Middle Child." So I get what Cole was doing here, you know, playing the numbers game, you know, with this song already being, I believe it's currently double platinum. I know it's at least platinum. Um, so trying trying to kind of sequence it like a little interlude, just kind of put it at the very end of the, the near the end of the album as like, as like J. Cole's own little interlude. But it just doesn't feel like it fits on this album anyway, musically. So, you know, it, it just, it really, it really kind of, it, it kind of disrupts the flow when I'm listening to this album uh, front to back. And I know that this is an album that not many times are you going to listen to front to back other than when you're like us and you're kind of preparing to how do you how to how to review this album because cohesion and sequencing is a big part of albums. But it, it kind of takes it away. And, it, and it's kind of the reason why on another little tangent I have why I try to avoid uh, singles because this is a record now that I've heard a million times and I like this record, but it just, it feels weird because my mind is always going to contextualize it as a loose single. Like the, to me, middle child should have just been a, you know, what the heart part four was, right? Let me get your attention. This is what I'm working on. This isn't going to be a part of the finished product, but this is what I'm working on. Um, Not to make a lazy country comparison, but, <laughs> you know, I, I think it works. I, I get what you're saying. Uh, it, it does kind of stick out on the album. But I guess that's part of the, you know, the game that we're playing now. That they, as far as, like you said, it's already double platinum. So this kind of ensures that the album will be successful because you throw that song on there and it adds to the stream. And so I guess we know why he done it. But the question is to... Cole usually is above stuff like this, I would say, but we see him playing the game. Uh, so I'm not mad at him for realizing what he needs to do to be successful. Uh, a comparison to the, the other generation would be Nas, and I think that's one of my biggest critiques of Nas is not actually playing the game. Could have went out as a much bigger star than we already know him as had he just you know, made a couple sacrifices and played the game, been more of a rapper. And I think J. Cole is starting to realize that. And that kind of goes to what Middle Child being on the album. Like creatively, J. Cole would have loved to have said, nope, not doing it. It's a Lucy. That's so people would get ready for it. But I think from a business standpoint, he knows that this, the, the dream, Dreamers 3, with the rollout and everything that we put towards this, I want to make sure that this is successful. And the way that I do that is adding Middle Child to it with the stream numbers that it already had. Like it was a boost with it so yeah it's kind of the double-edged sword that we're living in with streaming time but i totally feel your pain on it but also on the other end i do appreciate that cole is kind of doing the politic and that we want him to do to make sure that he gets proper recognition for for, for the, the role that he I mean, played in this era 
now 65 artists have a number one album. <laughs> right, exactly. So, the uh, most ever in history, right? Yeah, so I'm so I'm happy that I guess Cole did that in a way, but it just it, it always just kind of feels a little odd and it, it, it does. It, it kind of just perfectly tied into my whole rant about singles, which I'm starting to cave in on, but I also don't like the fact that I'm caving in on singles and peeping <laughs> them. But anyways, what, that's a whole nother discussion for a whole nother podcast. So let's get to your overall thoughts. Like to me, this feels like it, if I had to give it a great out of 10, I'd give it an eight. I love the album. It's packed with dope instrumentals, great vocals, uh, not really any poor tracks of mine. There's, there's two that I don't really care for. And, you know, outside of outside of that, it's it, it's fun. It's very fluid. People jumping in and out of songs, making for a great first listen. I'll always remember the first listen to this album just because there's so much going on in it. And there's interesting collaborations. So I, I really just enjoy this record. You know, I think I think the reason it's not a 10 is because there are versions of these songs that could have been better, say, had you you know, replaced this artist with that artist and, you know, kind of like went for the more star power route that you were talking about. Like if this was just Dreamville and a bunch of superstars of J. Cole's like, I'm going to call in my big dog favor and get every, you know, get, uh, get Drake versus get Kendrick versus get, you know, like all that. And then make this like, um, that's how this out, that's the version of this album. That's a 10, but this one is, is, is an eight to me. I agree. Uh, not to sound like I'm copying your paper, but I go, I go with an eight as well. Uh, to actually live up to the expectations of the rollout that they did for this album was amazing to me in itself, especially spread across so many artists. To have that number of artists, it seems like J. Cole is always coming with a, a, a new award, doing the most uh, of, you know, most platinum artists without a feature now most features on a number one record just kind of hitting both ends of the spectrum there and i really appreciate what cole does for the game and i think this album lives up to what he's trying to do provide artists with the opportunity to get their voices heard i think he did a very good job in that it's not a classic i wouldn't say that much it's right. a great album to double back on like you said Due to the rollout and the, looking at the documentary, I'll remember my first listen to this as well. I remember the track listing, uh, seeing that come out uh, in the same vein. I'll remember that for a long time. So I want to go with the 8 out of 10, uh, just for them being able to put a good product out after such heavy promotion for such said product and not letting us down. I think that's a, a task in itself, so I, I definitely will give them 8 out of 10 for that. Okay, cool. So before we get out of here, usually we do favorite records, and we'll do that in a second. But there's two other things I just I feel like with this specific album we should touch on, and that are some of the best verses and and who would be the standout performer on this album. So we'll start with the best verses. So to me, I wrote down a couple. Feel free to add any because I want to get your thoughts. So like we mentioned, the Dante Hitchcock uh, PTSD absolutely up there. J Cole sacrifice absolutely up there. JID's verse on Down Bad. I also really like Boz's verse on Down Bad. Um, DaBaby's verse Under the Sun, I think, is one of the better verses on here. Treezy killed her verse and got me. Uh, I like Reason's verse in Lambo Truck. It's very, like, it, it's very just, you know, M and Dr. Dre-ish. I really like that. Uh, Buddies on Don't Hit Me Right Now. Ski Mask was fun on Costa Rica. Mez was fun on Costa Rica. Is there any verses in there that you want to add? And kind of give me your top, your top, like, four or five. I'm definitely going to go with the Sacrifices verse for Cole, uh, Dante Hitchcock's verse on PTSD. The first song, Under the Sun. Yeah. 
uh, boss, I want to say, when he said uh, he wished a nigga would like Liam Neeson. I, I believe oh, that. I think that was Luke. That, that was Luke. Luke. Yeah, yeah Luke. Luke's first. That he absolutely yep. smoked that. Oh, he smoked it. Uh, Luke on that, and I'm gonna go with Reason on Lamborghini Truck as well. well. Actually, both of them on Lamborghini Truck. That was a fantastic song. I like the concept of it. So those would be my standout verses. Okay, cool. So yeah, if, I guess if I had to, if I had to rank mine, you know, I put J Cole sacrifices, uh, Dante Hitchcock, JID down bad. Uh, I put that. I really love the baby's verse. Uh, yeah, he honestly. did. I he's really, growing I really on me, man. That. He is too. Yeah, you know, he's growing on me. My friend sent me my friend shout out my friend Connor Ennis who's been on the podcast a couple of times. He uh he sent me he sent me a text. He was the one who told me to check out the baby in 2018. I checked him out. I listened to it once. His album, whatever that <laughs> orange cover one was, and I was like, you know, he's a cool artist, but to me, he doesn't stand out necessarily, and. And so he just sent me a screenshot of that, and he's like, this was six months ago. Now how you feel about the baby? And I was like, bro, I love the baby. <laughs> That's funny. That's so, funny how time changed quickly in hip-hop. Yeah. yeah, very much so. So, yeah, so those are some of my elite verses on here. Who is a standout performer? So let's kind of exclude Cole because that's the cheat code. And then, you know, T.I., Ty Dolla Sign, Dante Hitchcock only really had one verse. Same with Vince Staples. And Re- and Reason only had one song. The Baby only had one song. So who uh, who would you like to bring up? Because, you know, you can also, if you really want to, you can exclude J.I.D., Boz, and Ari if you want to, or you can leave them in there. But I'm looking at the guys like J.I.D., Boz, Ari, Guap Def, or Thousand, Mez, Buddy. You know, who are some of the artists that really – who was the big artist that really stood out to you on this album? I think Ari, uh, and I love her Shea Butter Baby album. Uh, Ari Lennox stood out to me. It's so hard to mix in R&B to a hip-hop, so a crowd that's so hip-hop, guys that have so many bars. Uh, they're rapidly rap guys, in my opinion, but they are creative, and I think it's hard to mix in R&B soul with that and they've done a fantastic job similar to SZA and TDE um I think she's she's even a little bit more soulful than SZA so trying to figure out pockets and put that on hip-hop albums it's it's great when it works out but it's difficult to do and I think she did a fantastic job on the songs that she was on just living up to the Dreamville name and not sticking out because they say, hey, we have to get an R&B artist because that's what every other rap label does. I feel like she's a, a, a good piece of the puzzle. She fits in perfectly. So I'm going to go Ari. Okay, that's interesting. Um, I'm not going to give it to J.I.D. just because I, I love <laughs> J.I.D. too much. So I'm not. So I'm going to kind of exclude him. Uh, I would probably go with Guap Dad 4000 because to be mm-hmm. honest I had no clue who that was before this album <laughs> and now I really love a lot of the hooks that he did on here um, you know and, and I would say yeah I would say either Guap Dad or Buddy. Buddy was a machine on here too just yeah. popping up in a lot of verses. He really took um, advantage of his opportunity. Yeah he yeah he really shined which is, which is funny because Buddy's an artist that I just recently randomly discovered and kind of fell into so. Yeah I remember you text really me. Advantage. When yeah. you found him, yeah, 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 yeah. That uh, what's that? Harlan and Alondra. Mm-hmm. Yeah, th- that album is really good, and I wish I, that would have been somewhere on my 2018 album listens if I if I had if I listened to that in 2018. 
Yeah, I agree. I definitely would. Definitely was a banger. Um, what are some of your favorite records? I, I got Down Bad, PTSD, Costa Rica, and Ladies, Ladies, Ladies. Uh, Costa Rica, PTSD, Sacrifices, Lamborghini Truck, um, and I like Down Bad and Under the Sun as well. Okay. Okay, well, Spike, thank you for coming on, man. That is Spike, one-third of the On Deck TV podcast. Go ahead and plug yourself on on all the stuff that you do. I appreciate you having me, Chris. Always great conversation. I always enjoy doing these um, anytime. Uh, every Tuesday, excuse me, every Wednesday, the On Deck TV podcast will be there for your listening pleasures uh, on any podcast subscriber that you are familiar with on friday the video drops where you can watch us do the thing that we do as far as podcasting so that's on the youtube slash on deck tv page and i am spike lou on all social media sites uh like i say as always chris i appreciate you having me and i look forward to getting up there and doing some live stuff in michigan hell yeah man anytime we're, we're definitely gonna have to make that happen and i'm glad because now as a fan of your podcast i can finally listen to you guys review it down bad I got it. Or, uh, sorry, not down bad of the of the Dreamville album. I gotta see what I gotta see what M Extra and Animal uh, Brown think of the album. I, I'm pretty sure I I know what M Extra thinks right, of the album. To him, it's five mics. <laughs> oh man, did he really say five mics? Nah, I need to die. Okay, okay, okay I'll I'll get back to you. But, All right. Um, I I do want to talk to you about something off air. So let's so let's end the podcast and um, thank you for coming out, man. I'll see you next time. No worries. Appreciate it. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.